Well, good morning to you. It is uh, 8.48. Shortly we'll be getting to this week's quotes featuring this week the table tennis players forming a unified team attending the World Championship in Sweden. If you missed our sport update earlier, it is just a remarkable story. Let me uh, just quickly recap for you because I can't recall anything like this happening in sport before. Yes, okay. We had the Winter Olympics recently uh, in which we uh, we had the opportunity to witness a joint women's ice hockey team. And that was amazing. And we've seen table tennis players from both Korea's form also a partnership before but this is during a tournament south and north korea were supposed to play against each other in the quarterfinal of the ongoing world table tennis championships and instead they've been given permission and i mean i made a a light-hearted remark that what would happen if it was a world cup and two countries decided to join together but the difference here is that obviously the authorities there have recognized that two koreas can come together and form a unified team and in so doing proceed to the semi-final just amazing um in connection with that we're going to hear a quick clip and then after that we'll provide a little bit more explanation 기분이 되게 좋았어요 이제 저희가 이제 같이 맨날 봐도 그렇게 맨날 친하게도 이렇게 잘못 지내고 그랬는데 우리 두께 이렇게 같이 한 팀이 되고 친구가 될수 있겠다 하는 그런 생각을 했습니다 and now in the studio, I can introduce Professor Choi Kyung from Hongik University Law School. Good morning. Good morning. So there we've just been hearing from one of the members of the team, or two of the members of the team. Two of the, me- two of the members of the unified team. Yes. One from South and one from North. So Yang Haun is from the South Korean side and right. Kim Sung-hee from the North Korean side. And, right. And, and, and Yang was saying, I was really happy, we can see each other all the time, but could never be friendly. Mm. Now we can. Mm. And the other saying, I thought we can all be one team now and, and be friends. So I mean, effectively the same kind of point made twice. It, it is a touching moment, but it's just remarkable as well that everybody's joined together to make this happen at the right time. You could easily have seen other teams or or officials complaining that this is happening during a tournament. That's true, because they were actually supposed to um, play each other in the quarterfinals, and without actually having to play each other, they decided they will advance together as a unified team. But for that to happen, they needed consent from everybody involved, all the other, the six other teams, plus uh, all the staff uh, and and the organisers, um, uh, the, the table tennis um the, the International Table Tennis uh, Committee, etc., etc., and the fact that everyone came together to make this happen is remarkable. But it's actually one of the remarkable things that that have has come out of the the summit last week, and I thought we could really use this as a springboard to discuss the the outcomes and the the ramifications and the w- way forward um, uh, from the summit. Well, it does seem to me like this is an example of a of a virtuous cycle because mm-hmm. you got the summit producing this outcome. But you've also got then this sort of outcome itself potentially producing further positive outcomes. Yes, they're already talking about you know other um, sporting uh, events uh, and other teams actually putting forward a unified team as well. Uh, something in Indonesia later uh, in the year, um, and also events that are happening uh, in Korea uh, later this year. They're thinking about uh, putting you know um, unified teams for for those events. And apparently, Kim Jong Un himself is very keen on uh, having a joint basketball team. Right, because. 
he's really keen on basketball itself. But the fact that you know this is actually able to happen is because the summit went really successfully. And I could sort of speak from my own personal experience uh, how these players must have felt uh, at all other times when they're attending these international events and they see their North Korean counterparts. I'm speaking from South Korean team's uh, perspective. But they, uh, you know, they probably felt afraid even to approach them and speak with each other because that's the way we have been educated Um up until very recently, that that the North Korea, uh, that North is our enemy, that they are actually out to basically um, either destroy us or, or uh, take over under uh, communist regime. And um, I remember when I was uh, working in England, and uh, because of my job, I would actually come across North Korean journalists. And I remember the hesitation that I felt in actually, you know, making contact with them and having to speak with them simply because of that psychological um, kind of barrier that had been uh, distilled in me uh, from an early age because of the anti-communistic, you know, um, education that we've received mm-hmm. and the fact that we have we are now changing our perspective and and able to accept that yes they are you know the same um, people as us and to actually um, go forward together towards a same goal is quite remarkable well it gives us a taste what you just said there of what it must be like for refugees from North Korea when they manage to reach South Korea right and and hopefully is also a reminder to try to break down any barriers of discrimination where they exist. Exactly. That's Disc- a, that discrimination. is a separate issue, but no, no, still. No. In fact, I, I actually did want to talk about discrimination and these um, co- prejudices that we hold uh, ourselves, whether they're conscious or unconscious. Because I myself had realised um, only after I had actually met with and spoken with uh, North Koreans that I had all these unconscious prejudices against North Koreans that I didn't even realise that I had. Um, that, that I thought they must be really poor, all of them must be really poor, uneducated, um, somehow backwards, etc. And they're not at all like that. And uh, it's also the same with um, you know the image and the perception that we've had of Kim Jong-un because up until just a few months ago, uh, Kim Jong-un was trading insults with Trump um, and everybody was calling him the madman, the maniac, uh, the little fat short man with his finger on the nuclear button, etc., etc. And now uh, Trump is saying he's honourable, he's smart, you know, are we actually talking about the same man? Well, you and guaranteed the- if and when he talks to Kim Jong-un, he's going to tweet something like, great guy. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> we are getting on so well or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the fact is, we should really uh, keep a clear eye uh, on the situation because um, Kim Jong-un has managed to really... Uh, completely uh, change his image and, and what he's projects what he's project, projecting onto the world about himself but we still have to remember that he is a very calculating and incredibly strategic thinker and he's basically orchestrated this situation the fact that he's taken on this mantle at the age of 27 and remember that he, he's still the same guy who actually executed his own uncle um, assassinated his own half brother and uh, maybe is 
personally responsible. I don't know the, the chain of command, but certainly the allegations are that thousands of others have been directly affected um, in, in various ways. A- absolutely. And they still run these gulag-type concentration mm. camps, which nobody is talking about right now because they are afraid that you know this might um, put... Uh, a sour note um, on things. And, and I mean, we do have to leave it there. We are out of time today. But it does, I think, make a very profound point, what you've just said there, that that on the one hand, we're too scared to, to ruin the atmosphere. On the other hand, by not mentioning it, we kind of let bystanders start to wonder, well, actually, is North Korea so... So mean-spirited after all. Um, Thank you very much. It's great to have you here. Thank you.